Well, um, I'm somewhere between Chet Holmgren game one and Paolo Bancaro game one. So, like, somewhere in there. You know, so I'm doing pretty great. Yeah, just you? really awesome. I'm good, Matt. I'm, uh, um, you know, the Chet thing, I, last time we talked, or it might have been two times ago, I was pretty devastated about the whole Jabari Chet thing. I was just beside myself. And watching Chet for a couple summer league games, I feel ever so slightly better. He, he is good. Like, that's not the question with Chet. He is good. So there is hope. There is hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with how good Josh Giddy is, Matt. Makes it much easier. It makes, it makes the pill a lot easier to swallow. Um, but we'll get into more Summer League takes here, here in a little bit. Um, but let me remind everyone listening to follow us on Twitter and on Instagram if you haven't already. And if you haven't, find us on our podcast, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. and give us a rating and review. That would help us out a ton. Matt, there's been a ton of news. It's been a, a lot of news, but not enough news. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it's been yeah. too quiet this week weekend uh, because of things happening in the NBA, like a KD trade request, which we talked about in the last episode. Uh, so, um, Matt, what's what's all the news? Run run me through it. Yeah. So, and that's the thing you're mentioning is the KD Kyrie shoes have not dropped yet. So. I, we, we were talking about this. It feels like the league is kind of like all in a holding pattern right now. Yep. So right now it's all kind of under the radar stuff. Um, we'll start with a couple bigger things, but Damian Lillard signed a two-year extension, so just tacking on to the end of his deal for $122 million. He oh. still would make $59 million in the first year of that and $63 million in the final year. That's a lot of money. Uh, uh, love Damian Lillard. That's Matt, a lot of money. Can I read you a quote uh, that I texted to you this week that yeah. I just was floored by? Okay, so this is from a story this week about Damian Lillard and the, his relationship, current relationship uh, with the Trailblazers owner. Um, so Damian wanted to sit down and have a conversation with Jody about the team, and she didn't return his call. Then he tried to email her. Eventually, she just never responded and put him in touch with Bert, the source alleged. When you own a team, there are critical decisions to uh, to make, and you should be involved in making those decisions. Reps for Jody uh, Jody Allen, as well as Portland Trailblazers, did not respond to quest request for comment. Matt, Matt, they got my man sending emails. Like he's an intern, Ryan. Like he's like trying to sit down with his boss. Like, hey, I'd like to, you know, have a chat about my performance. Can we get a and it's like, what? What? You're going to pay him $60 million a year, but you're not going to sit down with him to talk? Man, what? This, this, this contract extension plus this story has me just cackling. This, it, it's, it's like a millennial writing an email in the modern day workforce. It's like, per my last email, I called you. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? You're making an NBA superstar email you to sit down with the owner. Like, what is happening? And why is he just like forked over $60 million 
like in age what what is he gonna be two years from now like age 30 mid 30s and you're gonna pay him 34 60 million dollars like what is happening i feel like this is such like a like take care of your guy moment but this is not a take care of your guy moment uh that's gonna benefit anyone like he's gonna ask for a trade request in six months we can all see it coming right yeah yeah oh and so those two years of the extension will be his years 35 and 36 seasons so I mean, that's kind of a tough pill to swallow, to be honest. But yeah, it goes back to more of the point of what you were just saying of like, if you're going to take care of your guy financially, why not like continue to take care of him and like make him feel valued and like he's a part of this decision making process? And like, if you're committing that much money to him anyway, like you're saying he's important, he's the face of your team, the face of your franchise. Like, is it, it's like conflicting messages here. And, I I think I'm just floored at the fact that like ownership seems to have such a not not even disregard but like strain between them and the front office, right? Because like the front office is the one doing this deal; they have to get ownership to sign off. Like they're the ones doing this deal, so like why is ownership not more active in this? It feels like I, I know to be honest with the Allens, Portland is not their first priority. Yeah. The Seattle Seahawks are. Right. But still, this is a multi-billion dollar team you're running here. And we're just throwing out $60 million per year contracts, but not willing to sit down with them to talk. Like, it just makes no sense, Ryan. It's it's wild. I I just, I, that story that I just couldn't stop laughing at the fact that Dame had to. What What do you think is Dame Lillard's email? Is it just Dame at PortlandTrailBlazers.com? Or does he have his own domain? Is it like Dame at DameLillard.com? I thought, does he get a company like email address? Does he still have like Hotmail? Like, is, he... is he still using his like, I don't know, college email? You know, like what, what are we? <laughs> D.Lillard at WeberState.com. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like to imagine his is like, loyal to the grind at hotmail.com or something um yes he, he like sent it from his like uh second gmail account that he uses <laughs> it's like future liker at gmail.com <laughs> that's too real now um <laughs> so the other big news piece was james harden um he is resigning in philly it's a two-year deal which i think was a little surprising to people it does have a player option on that second year so really, it's a, just a one plus one. They didn't call it that, but that's what it is. And it's something like $32 million per year, maybe 32 this year and closer to like 35 38 next year, something like that is how it'll end up being. So this is effectively James Harden saying, like, I'm going to help team out this year so we can get P.J. Tucker. That's really all it is. And then... I can opt out and get the big contract next year and like kind of betting on himself that like he's going to look better than how the end of the season looked, which was horrendous for him. I don't know. What do you think, Ryan? What do you think about this? It's James Harden betting on himself. And um, I mean, when this type of money is at play, who knows like what version like this will dig out of James Harden. If this is going to get him back to like, you know, MVP, peak performance then like that's great like you take that as philly 
but like I I don't know like I, I'm not convinced that we're gonna see that version ever again so I mean it's a good deal for Philly right yeah like for Philly if you're like okay even if he's not peak James Harden if you have him at like 30 million ish a year this year next year like that's pretty good deal yeah and then after that you know it's like signing it to something but I, I i mean i think really how this is going to come out positive for philly one is they capitalize on this next year or two but more so the next contract they sign him to if they do like the hey you took a cut for us now let's compensate you on the back end of it like a new like three four year deal after this extension that's the one that might worry me if it's yeah. back to the normal numbers you know so, yeah that's a great point um, i don't know i think for the sake of this season it was a good idea but i don't know about long term it depends on how philly handles it uh, we'll go a little quicker just run through the rest of these uh tj warren one-year deal in brooklyn caleb martin re-signed with miami three for 20 taj gibson got waived by the knicks he's gonna end up going to the wizards uh frank kaminsky going to atlanta on a one-year deal john conchar extends with memphis three for 19 the Thunder waived Isaiah Roby. He got picked up by San Antonio. Serge Ibaka going back to Milwaukee um, on a one-year deal. Blazers, um, they waived Eric Bledsoe because no one wants to pay Eric Bledsoe $19 million. Um, and his guarantee date was about to come up. So they let him go. That's that's most news. It's about you know most relevant players and things going on, Ryan. Besides that, it's been Summer League. Summer League's been the big to-do um, of the last week, and mostly the games, and that's those, that's what we're going to talk about. But also the, the speculation, right? All the, like the Woj and Rich Paul and, you know, like Rob Palinka all standing over, you know, together in, in the corner chatting, and then you see Sean Mark sitting next to different GMs chatting it up and all the conspiracies and rumors flying, Ryan. I kind of love it. Like just, it's, 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 uh, you know, we haven't had this version of summer league in a couple of years. The last version was like when Zion was a rookie, you know, um, killed Kevin Knox and killed Kevin Knox, rest in peace, Kevin Knox. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is like these couple of weeks, these few weeks, especially over this past weekend, um, like the NBA epicenter is in Vegas, you know, mm. and, and that's kind of cool. It's cool to see. Um, and it's kind of cool. It's like, you, you know, you're watching it, you know, whatever, whatever summer league game it's like on, it looks like it's in a high school gym. Like my wife watched or walked past me watching a summer league game. And she was like, why is this game in the high school gym? I'm like, it's not. And it's just got this really cool vibe to it, you know? Yeah. No, I, I do like it. The the Thomas and Mack Center, UNLV Stadium. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's cool. Like, I do. So, talking about actual Summer League. Ryan, any thoughts, takeaways? We, we kind of hinted at the Chet Holmgren, Oklahoma City, all the young guys thing at the top. I know you're an Oklahoma City fan. That or anything else, just you want to go ahead and get off your chest, throw out there, get into the world. Uh, yeah, Josh Kitty's really good, Matt. I, I, <laughs> forget the chat hype. 
give me all the Josh Giddy stock in the world. Um, I, uh, but in all seriousness, like I, I'm less concerned about Chet long term in the league. I guess. Um, I think he has a bunch of skills. Like I'm surprised his like blocking has translated so far. Like there's some guards who like have just not wanted to go up against Chet yeah. so far, you know, and his blocking presence has been really awesome. Um, it's going to be interesting to see him integrated into this Oklahoma state thunder um, because I have heard a lot listening to podcasts and kind of talking about summer league is like, well, you know, Mark few didn't really do a great job of getting Chet involved in the offense. Well, like this is summer league, like SGA is not here. Like all of the, like yeah. all of the main thunder players who would be getting a ton of touches aren't really playing outside of Giddy um, and Chet, of course. But so like, is that version of Chet going to show up on the offensive end? Like where, where he kind of takes a backseat to other people, um, because we kind of need him to be aggressive, you know. And I, I think I think that's that's my question mark so far with Chet going forward. I'm not too concerned about him getting bullied in the post as much because I think there's like what ten post touches per game, so like whatever. I don't care about that. Yeah. Oh, we'll stay on the Thunder for a minute. So. The chat piece. So, like, again, I know I was a touch lower on Chet. Just the general worry about, like, is this body going to work? Yeah. But the skills, like, you see it, especially, like, in the transition, semi-transition, right? Yeah. Like, that's where he's honestly at his best. Like, when he's a trailer or he just grabs – and goes and just kind of takes it. And then he's like smart enough to know like, Hey, it's three on two. Like, let's, let's hit the wing, like yeah. cutting down here for a layup or like, Oh, they just sunk in. Like I'll just kind of, you know, slowly walk into like a three at the top of the key or something. Like he's done really good about that. Um, or like the semi transition where like he got the rebound, just walked it up. And like, just cause it's instinct, like the big man for the other team just like ran straight to the rim. And he's like, okay, well, then I'm just going to pull it. You right. know, I, I feel like that's been where he's more so at his best than any half-court offense I've seen, to be honest. Um, not, I mean, good and bad. Like, that's been really positive on the offensive end for him. Negative on the offensive end is, like, he hasn't got by anybody, Ryan. <laughs> it's pretty slow. Yeah. Like, yeah. He His handle in the half-court is, like, again, he's 7-1, and he's – gangly like i don't expect him to have a great half court handle but like that is something real to be honest yeah so, like okay and then defensively like you're right the shot blocking has been very real he had the one game with like six blocks only had two in the next game but it's basically he just got to stand in the front of the rim the whole time they like, never call like a three second call and right. guards just like came like to the elbow and were like yeah i'll just take this shot instead you know right. like so like there is that is something like that is still rim protection in a way you know but um it's like that is positive negative on defenses I don't he's done an okay job staying in front of people I yeah. would say I think he's more so like I'll take a step back and then just assume I'll be able to contest with my length than anything and that works in summer league but like what happens when that's you know Trey Young right. Like, gonna pull on you you know so 
I do worry a little bit. Um, but like the general defensive concepts of what he does look good. Generally on offense, he looks good. I think that's encouraging. But I think for Oklahoma City, <clears throat> kind of the summer league folk hero is not even Chet Holmgren. It's Jalen Williams. Oh my gosh, Matt. I am he's so like, hyped about Jalen Williams. He's like everyone's new favorite player for Oklahoma City. The, yeah. Um, 12th overall pick out of Santa Clara. Like again, the, the story on him was length, long arms, and it's like so apparent at summer. Like he just knows how to play basketball and he's freakishly long. It's like the, you know, like the four-year guards, like we thought we had kind of learned our lesson with that, mm-hmm. like with the Brunsons of the world. Um, these guys right. kind of just like step in are immediately productive in the NBA. He feels like he kind of fits in that category for me right. of yeah. just like this like multi-year guard who just fits in and knows basketball and plays yeah. really well and is just smart. Like there's so many times where he's cut to the rim for a dunk Um it just like has really good instincts in the uh, fa- uh, fast break and transition game. And then mm-hmm. like defensively, he's been pretty good too. Um, it's yeah. not like he's putting clamps on anybody like Lou Dort, but still he's, he's, you know, like you said, long lanky um, and, and can kind of, you know, be physical with people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's probably never going to be like a number one option on defense. Right. But like, he'll be a guy that like as a number two or three can really be disruptive on the wing. Right. So no, I I really liked his game. I think it's all very translatable to the NBA level. This isn't just going to be like a summer league phenom. Um, Let's transition over to Orlando because I feel like all Orlando fans had like a collective like heart attack after the first check game. (laughs) And then, that was the greatest I, moment too. Yeah. Is just like living rent free in Magic fans' head for yeah. twenty four hours, and then kind of calmed back down after Chet's second game, where he was like, "Yeah, he was fine, yeah, you know, but he wasn't like the same. He wasn't game one." And then Paolo finally played his first game, and they're like, oh, "Okay, we're good." <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, Paolo is like to date the best player in this draft. Like, yeah. Like that he's so ridiculous, right? Like the scoring, the passing, the intensity, like Magic got a guy. They got a dude. They finally weren't that one pick away, right? Yeah. Like, um they got their guy and I think you're right. I think Paul is going to be awesome. Um he's just kind of that do it all for forward guy. He's like a point forward in a way yeah. plays great defense like you said has high intensity good energy um and is just kind of a fun guy to watch like it's kind of hard to root against paulo um yeah and you know he's just been so impressive in summer league e- even you know in that sudden death overtime game getting the assist there um mm-hmm. and just showing some clutchness for the magic yeah didn't feel any just throw up an elbow jumper while getting double teamed he's like no make the right play you yeah. know uh against sacramento that was yeah like he's just he's got moves he's strong and that was something when they played houston jabari smith is like he made jabari look small like he's massive yeah and i think that's something like you can see the measurements on paper and everything but until you have him like lined up against nba players you're like good night like he's 
all of 6'10", 6'11", 240, 250 pounds. Like, he really is. And then you see him running pick and roll. You see him being the screener on pick and roll. Like, and you're like, what can this guy not do, you know? So if that three ball is falling for him also, like, good luck. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, he, he can be hard to stop, man. He's a really, he can be a really special player. And I'm excited to see what he looks like, you know, with some real guards. You know, he mm-hmm. hasn't really played with um, guards yet who are at that type of NBA level. Mm-hmm. And um, it's going to be a fun season for the Magic. They finally, you know, we're, they're not, you know, the middle of the pack making just the playoffs. Um, as that eight seed and getting bounced in the first round, they feel like they have something. They feel like they have some momentum here finally, and it's a it, it's it's a nice little moment for them. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't have too much else to say on summer league. I I don't feel the need to overreact to rookies one way or the other. Really, um, Keegan Murray's been pretty good. Yeah. Jabari has looked better defensively than he has offensively. I think that's a, I mean, I don't want to, like, I, I'm, I kind of have an overreaction for Jabari, which is a little concerning. Is like when you're paired with Jalen Green, are you going to always, like, not get the ball? Because, like, it is it feeling, and I was thinking about this, I was watching the other day. So this kind of be like the Auburn thing all over again, where it's like you don't have guards that know situation. Like, Jabari is like, got to post up six feet from the basket with a mismatch, like give him the ball, you yeah. know? And right. Like, I think I saw he's taken like less than five shots, the summer league, like at the basket, like he's six foot 11 and a ridiculous athlete. And he can't get a shot at the rim because his guards can't get in the ball. Like, <laughs> how crazy is that like he's taking all threes basically so no wonder he can't get in a rhythm like yeah i'm feeling that a little bit for sure like but that's you know the guards he's playing with right now like that's not josh christopher's game yeah and stuff like that and right we'll see with jalen green come season and everything but yeah i'm sure playing with jalen green and you know kevin porter jr it's gonna work out really oh wait right they don't pass the ball that's right. That is a bit worrisome, to be honest. But I guess we'll get there when we get there. Um, see it for real. Uh, last question, Ryan, before we move on. So Richard Jefferson kind of had a little rant um, about young guys and summer league. Because he kind of did a little bit of a, well, back in my day type of thing. Because he was telling a story about himself. About how like he played in the finals. And then he still played in summer league. Like, yeah. You know, a month or so later, uh, that's probably like when he's with the Spurs, probably thinking about it now off the top of my head. But anyway, um, talking about how like young players should probably be playing in summer league more. Yeah. You know, like we have Josh Giddy playing, for example, for Oklahoma City. Super successful rookie year, you know, first team all rookie type was Western Conference rookie of the month. Like every month he played. He's really good. We know that. And through a couple games, we're like, yeah, Josh Giddy's good. We don't need to see him anymore. There are going to be exceptions to the rule, obviously, like Cade Cunningham and, you know, Jalen Green from the last draft or, you know, Anthony Edwards, Lil Mello, like those type guys. But I kind of get his point, Ryan. 
Like, if you aren't one of, like, the top four or five guys from your draft, not necessarily, like, you were picked at four or five, but, like, you ended up being one of the top four or five guys from your draft, like, you should be playing. Yeah. Right? What do you what do you think about his little rant and, you know, the actual topic of it, I guess? You know, I'm looking through this draft, the 2020 drafts, um, which you're kind of talking about. And, yeah, I, 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 I agree. I mean, like, there's guys – I mean, like Cole Anthony is probably too good for summer league. I, I mean, don't know, po- to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a fair point. Is he like a guy like you kind of want him to be good, too good for summer league, right? Like you want him. To be, I want him to come play a game and prove he's too good for summer league. Right. I want like the manual quickly experience of last year, where it's like, okay, you don't need to play here anymore. Right. Yeah. Like it was so obvious that Manuel quickly was better than everyone else on the floor. And I think right. Tyrese Maxey was in that same category. But like, yeah, absolutely. Guys like, I mean, Peyton Pritchard got like, uh, yeah, you were playing in the finals, but like, I feel like you should get some run in the summer league at least. It's not like you're like this amazing, I don't know, superstar of a player. Yeah. He doesn't like have a playoff rotation spot locked in, you know? Yeah forward but like yeah looking at like the 2020 draft like shred off some names here like and again first one i don't know if he's healthy i assume he is but patrick williams yeah should be playing yeah. isaac Okoro in cleveland should be playing and yeko kongwu in atlanta should be playing i know killian hayes is playing obi toppins probably like one of those borderline guys like probably know what he is because he's a little older when he's coming out of dayton but like Denny Avdia, Washington, should be playing. And yeah. Jalen Smith should be playing. Devin Vassell should probably be playing. Halliburton, you're good, right? He was picked 12, but you're good, man. Yeah. Like, like pretty much everyone else, maybe Sadiq Bey is too good for it. Tyrese Maxey is too good for it. Quickly, it's probably proven it. Achua Des- probably yeah. is too good. Desmond Bain, yeah. But like – Pretty much everyone else should be playing, Ryan. And I think that was kind of the point of, like, what, you know, makes Zeke Naji think he's too good for Summer League? Like, you're like, you're, like that's the there. thing. Like, Peyton Pritchard is there. Like, why not play a game or two, you know? Yeah, get some run in. Like, treat it like a pro-am or something. I don't know. Right. You're going to go play in the Drew League in, a, in, like, a couple weeks anyway. Just do it for your team, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, like, I think that's just where I'm at. Like, if, you know, you're Indiana, like, you just traded for Aaron Neesmith from Boston. I mean, assuming the trade's gone through and everything, like, I want him out there. Yeah. To play in, like, because he basically hasn't got to play for Boston because just too deep, Yeah, you know, from these last couple years. Like, I kind of get the point. And even, like, if you want to go back to the 2019 draft, even, because a lot of these guys, Ryan, are still, like, 22, maybe 23 years old, like, Let's be honest. Kobe White should be playing in this for the Bulls. Like, yeah, I don't right. know that Kobe White's too good for summer league. Right. Is Suggs <laughs> playing for the Magic? Have I missed no, that? No, because he's still recovering with that ankle. Oh, that's injury. right. That's right. Surgery, but like, I don't know that Rui Hachimura is too good for summer league. Oh, he should be playing. Yeah, right. Like, I don't know. It. Well, especially with the way they treat him, I don't know that Cam Reddish is too good for summer league right now. Right. Probably is, but. Like that—that's just where I'm at. Like Romeo Langford yeah. should be playing. 
Chuma Okiki should be playing. Nikhil yeah. Alexander Walker should be playing. Yeah. And these guys just don't. And I think that's what really frustrates me. You could even tell me for your team, Ryan, like Darius Baisley should be playing. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of one of those guys I was kind of surprised. I thought uh, Trey Mann wasn't playing initially, uh, but it was because he had uh, health and safety protocols. So COVID. Um, but yeah, like I don't, I want Trey Mann playing for the next two years, you know? That's, and like, it's I, just it's an extra five ish games and a bunch of practices you get. Like right. with the coaching staff, and especially for like Oklahoma City, a lot of these guys are actually on the roster. Like right, like you're you know? gonna get some significant minutes, and I want you like out there getting some reps. Absolutely, yeah. build that chemistry and all. Like, yeah, I don't want anyone getting hurt. I mean, that's always you know a possibility. I know, but like, these are reps, and if you're a guy who doesn't play like for sure every night in the NBA. Or, you know, you're not playing more than, like, eight minutes a game. Your reps, you know? Like, go get reps out here. That's, right. that's where I'm at. Like, that's that's how you get better. And, you know, maybe you'd be one of those guys. Like, hey, he played two games, but clearly didn't need to be here anymore. You, like, reestablish yourself with your organization. You know, if you're one of those guys, like, go and show it. And if you don't, like, you were already one of those guys to them anyway. So, all right, let's move on. Um, let's move on to fake trades, Ryan. Let's do it. Like we mentioned at the top, the league has kind of stalled. Everyone's in a holding pattern because everyone's like, something's going to happen here. We just don't know when. And obviously Kevin Durant is kind of like the head of it. But there are a few other guys too that have been in the trade rumors that everyone honestly knows is on the market. But teams kind of seem hung up in the we don't want to give up something that we might need to make like a Durant trade happen. Right. And so we'll just each give a trade for four different players that maybe we want to see or we just think would be interesting or want to talk about in some context and see where, the, see where this goes, Ryan. So let's start with the most notable, Kevin Durant. So what's what's something you want to throw out here on the Kevin Durant thing? Because everyone wants Phoenix and Miami to, to make this happen, because that's his list. So I'm going to zag on this, bat, And I, I recognize before I even say this trade, it's probably not going to happen. 99% uh, chance. Yeah, that, there's a – it's like, yeah, this is going to happen. Um, but Katie, I'm going to throw this out here as a trade, because I think it's an interesting little spot. Katie to Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland. You just heard that right. For Colin Sexton and a sign-and-trade, Lori Markkinen, Jarrett Allen, and just all the picks. Whatever all. Brooklyn wants, all of them. If they want four unprotected picks and three swaps, or if they want it the other way around with four swaps, like whatever. Um, and like The idea here is that, at least if I'm Brooklyn, I'm kind of rebuilding – my chest of assets because Colin Sexton is nice, but he's not like the type of player you would normally trade for Kevin Durant, but guys like Jared Allen, Lori, uh, Lori in tandem could get you to the next disgruntled superstar. If you're Brooklyn. Right. Um, and well, that's kind of, that with Jared Allen. Yeah. It's already happened with Jared Allen. And, and I, 
I mean, it's kind of like if the idea is like you don't also want to bottom out. Um, if you're Brooklyn, this gives you a solid base for a team that could return to playing contention. Um, yeah, something like that. And so I, 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 like I said, I don't think this is going to happen. I think it would be an interesting KD landing spot because you have Garland, KD, and then Mobley. You get to keep Kevin Love, Isaac Coro, um, and kind of just build around that core. And I think that could kind of be a fun little group. Um, but I, like I said, I don't think this is going to happen. I think Cleveland's probably going to be like a third team and, and a sort of KD trade. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at also. I mean, the Jarrett Allen thing here is just too weird. Like, just is. But, Jared Allen's a good player. I'm still on that bandwagon. Oh, no, he is. He's a very good player. Um, that's kind of where I feel more Cleveland's at, though, is what you just said there at the end of. They're going to try and be, you know, one of those teams, like how they acquired Jared Allen in the first place, which they're just like one of the teams and whatever ends up being the Durant deal is like, hey, we need to ditch another like $2 million somewhere or $5 million somewhere. And it's, you know, Cleveland or one of these teams is just circling like vultures. Be like, we'll take them. Here's two second round picks, you right. know? Yeah. Something like that. You know, it, that's how you like incrementally get better, but you're getting a guy that is way better than what two second round picks should get you to be, for example, you know, and that's where I feel Cleveland's probably more at, but you know, I, I, I want to see Cleveland get involved because they really haven't done anything besides resign Ricky Rubio. Um, or bring back Ricky Rubio, I guess, this <laughs> offseason after they traded him um, in the midseason. So, yeah, I want to see Cleveland get involved. Like, don't be so complacent with what you did last year. Like, Garland's good. Mobley's good. Like, build on it. Um, yeah. I just I, know Brooklyn would be asking for those guys in the trade. Yeah. The, uh, the, uh, like, Joe Harris, like, could Cleveland somehow get kickered to, get kicked joe harris somehow or like a seth curry or also something former uh cavalier but that's the joe harris thing and i guess we can talk about this real quick it's weird to me because he's viewed kind of now as like a massively like bad contract ryan now i know he did have a pretty injury plagued season and so he basically just didn't have a year this year joe harris is good yeah right like yeah when he's healthy, he was shooting like a solid 40 plus percent from three was actually a good defender. He's not one of these Duncan Robinson type of defenders. Like he's six, six strong and can guard your second and third options. Like if you get medicals on him and he all checks out, like I want Joe Harris on my team. Yeah. I don't, I don't get the rush to like view that as like a negative thing, I guess. Like he's a shooter. Like what? What makes Seth Curry any different? Like everyone thinks he's like an awesome valued contract. Like if you're a team and like Brooklyn views that as a negative contract, wouldn't you just be like, all right, I'll take Joe Harris for whatever, you know? I yeah, you can probably get Joe Harris pretty cheap right now, to be honest. Like Most I don't. Yeah. I, to your point, I just don't understand the. I guess the rush to get him off your team because it feels like he's a playoff type player. Yeah, he is. And maybe it's just that he makes, you know, like 10 million more than Seth Curry. Mm. Like, that's kind of because he plays defense. Yeah. Seth Curry plays defense. But 
anyway, um, so I wanted to talk about the idea of Toronto. Yeah. Like the, the most can... popular sleeper team there is, which makes yeah. them just the most popular team to land there, I think. Right. Um, something in the vein of like Trent, Ananobi, Achua, and like you said, all the picks then. And, I, you know, you kind of hear like the, well, Brooklyn's like only kind of interested in picks. They want like quality players now. Yes, I could get it. But also you have to trade them somewhere where they still have something left to have around Kevin Durant. Right. That's the problem with that, like trading philosophy for Brooklyn. Like he's not going to go anywhere where it's like now he has a completely gutted team where he's like, cool, I have draft picks still in 2027. Like he don't care. Yeah. You know, he, he wants guys that he can step on the floor with. Like he wants to go to a team where there's still like wherever he gets traded to, there's still like seven, eight guys that are like, okay, yep, these are playoff guys. We're good. Um, Toronto's close to being that type of team. Yeah. Uh, even if you do lose three guys like Trent, Ananobi, and Achua, who are all good. Like they are really good. Um, Gary Trent, kind of a under the radar guy in the league as a whole. Ryan. I'm just curious, how old is Gary Trent? Do you know? Is he like 24, 25? Is he like super young? 23. 23. Wow. Yeah, he just turned 23. Like, yeah, it, it's kind of odd that, like, I, I still don't understand the fact that Portland gave him up for, like, I don't know, it, what feels like nothing because Norman Powell's not on the team anymore. Yeah. Um, that well, dude can sh- shoot yeah. the lights out of it. I saw Toronto and Oklahoma City, um, and that dude has has range. He can hit like from anywhere on the floor. Well, you that's you can run him off screens. He can kind of do like a little step back. Like he has a handle all over. Yeah. Um, so he's a valuable, and it's, he's honestly extremely valuable for Toronto because they don't have anyone else like him. Uh, right. Right. You know, they, they've really embraced the everyone's six, six and up and rangy and long besides Fred. And Trent's the only one that's like a true shooter, though. So losing him would be a pretty significant loss for Toronto. Now, yeah. Ananobi is the one that's the hang up, though, for a lot of people, Ryan. I would, I, I would How feel. How untradeable is he? For Kevin Durant, no one's untradeable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, OG, I like OG. He uh, he could be a really good player, but like I'm like if I'm choosing between Scotty Barnes or giving up OG and Adobe, I would rather give up OG and Adobe. Yeah, well, like let me ask you this, Ryan. One and a half All Star games for OG and Adobe. Under. The over or the under. 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 Yeah. Under. Like I am too. Like, I don't good. even know if you said it a half. I would. I may have to take the under on that one. Yeah, I was trying to be nice with one and a half. <laughs> like, uh, he's a good player. There's nothing yeah. wrong with having a good player on your team. But he's that's what he is though. He's a good player. He's a role player. I don't think peak of his career he's gonna be better than a I don't know maybe a third option on like a good good playoff team is his like ceiling like trevor reason is prime 
something in that vein is what it feels like. Like, like he had he killed Boston in the bubble. If you yeah. remember, right? With yeah. that skip pass on the inbound, hits the shot, like at the buzzer, like killed Boston. It's not that he's been bad since. It's just like he hasn't it doesn't feel like he's built like built on that. Really yeah. Right. And we're talking two seasons now. And it's kind of like, okay, Toronto's good. Like Fred's good. Siakam's good. They're, they've got something there. They've kind of, it kind of feels stale now mm. because the guys who are really good, like are probably at their peak of like what they're going to be. And they're kind of waiting on the young, good guys to like elevate, to raise the ceiling of the team. And what you were saying earlier, like that's Scotty Barnes. That's not OG at this point. I think not to say we like for sure know what OG is, but like we kind of know what OG is at this point in time, Ryan. And again, I don't mean that as like a terrible insult. I know we'll be taken that way, but it's not really how I mean it. Yeah. Is he like the most like prototypical three and D player in the league? Like, when yeah. I think of 3 and D guys, like, I think of OG and Nobi. Yeah. And, there's a re- <clears throat> like, there's a reason he makes just under $20 million a year, though, doing it. And those are, like, the most coveted guys. Yeah. So, you know, an average contract because you are, like, the most, like, middle of the road good at that thing. And that's fine. He's about to turn 25 here in about a week, Ryan. He – He's not at his peak, I guess. That's probably still maybe two or three years away, but I just I don't see the ball handling like really evolving into something. I don't know if that three point shot's gonna get to the where he can do like some Gary Trent type stuff. Mm-hmm. I I think he's good. I think he I'd love to have him on my team. But he's gotta be in a Durant deal. Right? He he can't be an untradeable guy. And then a Chua, I like him, but you know, you throw them in the trade without thinking about it, to be honest. So that's kind of my spiel for Toronto. Like, I'm trying to keep Siakam, trying to keep Van Fleet, trying to keep Scotty Barnes. But, you know, all these other guys, like, they got to go. They got to go. It's Kevin Durant. We said yeah. this last time. I, Kevin Durant. So I, I'm, I'm a huge Siakam guy, and I love Siakam. It would be – if I'm Brooklyn, I would be okay getting – Trent and Siakam and picks and leave a chew out if that were like a negotiating point because like Siakam's really good and can help you win now um if Toronto is able to keep Siakam that's a huge win for them it would be I think Siakam is on the table like I think he is it just might slightly decrease the value of what else is in the package then because he is Good, like very third, good. Yeah, third third team All NBA, right? This past yeah. season. Yeah, really liked Pascal. Um, but yeah, that that kind of changes some things in the trade, and Brooklyn might be fine with that, like not taking as many picks back and everything. That's kind of the reporting. So, all right, let's move on to a team that's already made a splash: the Rudy Gobert trade. Ryan, the most recent news reports are the Utah Jazz are not. Uh, trying to actively trade Donovan Mitchell right now. Where's your, where's your BS meter? Like, how's that? I, oh, oh, sorry. You just finished that sentence. 
Um, oh, so you weren't trading for or trying to trade Mitchell in that last sentence. What about right now, though? Oh, what about now? Like, that's how I feel about that Mitchell situation. He's he's there's no way that they're not taking deals for him. That's just a like like a a uh, uh, like leverage play from Utah. Yeah. Right. Like that's that's a you know, Steve Nash coming out a week before the trade deadline and saying there's no way we're trading James Harden. And then a week later, James Harden was traded to Philadelphia, you know? Yeah, it's like you say what you got to say because teams are going to be like, oh, Rudy is better. Like, we're not going to give you as much as you got for Rudy. And they're like, okay, we're not going to trade him then. Yeah. It's like, okay, you just don't get Donovan Mitchell. Like, all right, fine. Yeah. You know, that that's where this is at. So – um, Ryan, you got a good Donovan Mitchell idea here. I so it, it it's kind of tough to trade Donovan Mitchell anywhere, you know. Um, all the teams that are like, okay, he might be fun here. They don't really have the assets to go get him, and so maybe that's why that it's been even more stale for a guy like Donovan Mitchell, or we haven't heard as much um, from Utah. I have Mitchell going to Miami for Hero, um, Robin, uh, Duncan Robinson, Gabe Vincent, and some picks. Um, this kind of resets, I guess, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and then you get a really nice player in Gabe Vincent. Um, and then Miami, you know, gets Donovan Mitchell um, and is that competitive uh, team they want to be on the perimeter. I think... Mitchell gives more ball creation than Hero ever could. I, I'm lower on the Tyler Hero bandwagon. I'm maybe even off the bandwagon at this point. I'm just like not that into Tyler Hero. I think Don Mitchell could be a better fit in Miami as long as he loves to play defense, which I don't know. That's to be determined. Will make him love it. Yeah, right. Um, he's not really having to guard the best perimeter guy here either which he wasn't really asked to do in utah or isn't asked uh to do much in utah um but i think it's a good spot for him i think it's a good landing spot it gets him into a team that's going to compete it has really smart basketball players and it puts it would push miami over the edge i think into for sure contender um because i think they're on that line right now yeah um, another question for you, Ryan. How old is Donovan Mitchell? I feel like he's older. I feel like he's because he had two years at Louisville, right? So right. he would put him in the 25 26 range. Yeah, he'll turn 26 here before the season starts. He'll turn yeah. 26 in September. So we're just starting to get into prime years of Donovan Mitchell here. Yeah, we are. Um, I Whereas like Tatum just turned twenty four in March, you know. Is Tatum in- still nineteen? <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with Mitchell. It's like these next like four years on this contract he's at, like those are his like prime four years. Like, yeah, they really are. Um, if I'm Donovan Mitchell, I'm not trying to spend the next year or two in Utah rebuilding, retooling. <laughs> whatever they want to call it. That's that's the thing, Matt, is like 
they Utah says they're retooling around Donovan. It's like, okay, you're like the Utah Jazz, and there's no free agents who have ever chosen to stay with the Utah Jazz. So this is like yeah. three to four years away. So like, what are you doing with Donovan Mitchell then? Right, and with all the stuff they got back from Gobert, like those are decent starters or role players. It's more so about the picks than that. Like, right, Donovan Mitchell. He ain't waiting around for that 2025 first round pick to develop four years after he's drafted, you know, like they're talking seven years in total then. So if I'm Mitchell, I'm trying to get, I think Miami is a good spot. I, I like you. I'm also a little lower on hero. Like just, it's not my guy, you know, he's fine, but hero Robinson, Vincent picks. I I'd like to think Utah could do better than that. Maybe it just depends on how many picks, but I, I find Mitchell, I'd be packing my bags immediately. Trying to get there, but <laughs> That's the just, thing is like, it's really not that easy to trade him. Yeah. It's like, okay. Portland, Charlotte, like Tor- would Toronto be interested in him? I don't think so. I think uh, Charlotte would be an interesting one. Too. Minnesota Not- spent everything to get Rudy. Yeah, Can't uh, reunite them. Atlanta went and got DeJounte Murray. Mm-hmm. So, like, where are the other spots? Like, New Orleans has a two, a two guard and CJ McCollum. Like, has the well, market? You want to go to a winner, too. And I'm saying now you're right. cutting the list of teams in half. Right. He's not getting traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder right. or the Houston Houston Rockets. Right. Yeah. The Kings, like Spurs, because that's just the same situation he's in. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. The Hornets one, and that's not one we're really talking about here, but like I'd look into that one. You know, some sort of Hayward or Terry Rozier type swap. But um, the one I, I kind of brainstormed was the Knicks. So. And not just because of the whole, like, he's from New York, Mets, all that stuff. Like, I just, they're obviously trying to go for the stars. They pseudo did that with Jalen Brunson, I guess. I don't know. I don't know, whatever Jalen Brunson is. Um, So, Ryan, are we doing a Julius Randle, Cam Reddish as basically the deal? And... I don't know, maybe a couple picks for Donovan Mitchell. Picks in the swap. I just don't love that though. Like, if I'm Utah, like, what does that get me? Like, what am I? Like, is that a team that's buying me out? Am I gonna redirect Randall? Because like, he's not gonna want to play in Utah long term. Well, um, Julius Randall should just be happy to get paid. After <laughs> um, like, I don't like if you're Utah. Like, are you he, thinking? that the market has kind of dried up for Donovan Mitchell because of this Durant and Irving thing? Okay, so one, I think Randall is still decent. Like, I do. Yeah. Like, it's not a bad contract, to be honest, that he's on. Like, he's making mid to low 20s. Um, it's fine, right? It honestly is. It's fine. Cam Reddish, you're taking a bet. Like, he It's a pedigree really thing, yeah. Like, he has a year left on his deal see if he's a real thing i don't know maybe you are still asking for some picks like three picks two swaps yeah new york has picks to give so 
maybe you do try and raid their stash a little bit. Um, I don't know, maybe also just getting thrown some like favorable second round picks and whatever. Like maybe, maybe you do need to do that a little bit more, but I do feel like Julius Randle, you know, in two years, like, cause if he goes to this Utah team, he's going to be the only one to score. So he'll get back to being a 20, 24 point per game scorer. Like he'll kind of like pseudo boost his like value and they'll be able to flip him with two years or a year left on his deal. Like I do for something reasonable ish. So maybe that nets you another first round pick and a decent player or something like that down the line. But you're right. You would like more. This is also, it's kind of just a cam reddish bet also. So yeah. Yeah. I think that's part of this here. Like cam reddish could and should be better than like Duncan Robinson in your deal. Right. Like, mm, right. But is it going to be in the NBA or not? Like, still kind of a mystery. We're never going to find out in New York because he just won't play there. <laughs> he couldn't but, get any run to save his life. Once so he got I'd be, if I'm a team interested in him with a little space and some flexibility, I'd be trying to get him. Um, maybe Utah would think the same way and really embrace the tank um, for this coming season. All right, we got two more, Ryan. Let's stay in the West. And let's go ahead and have the DeAndre Ayton talk. Because this one, we talk about Donovan Mitchell trade being hard. This is ridiculously hard to trade DeAndre Ayton. Right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't realize how hard this is to trade him. I, if you're like his agent, is this like a Dennis Schroeder situation where like you kind of misread the tea leaves and kind of thought you were going to get a max contract and all of a sudden there's no one there to give it it's the market's dried up the teams that you thought you were going to get interest from pick centers in the draft and called your bluff Mm -hmm. it it like you said man it's it's tough to get deandre in anywhere and if you're eight and like i would be starting to get a little worried and i don't know like maybe you start thinking okay phoenix might not be a bad spot to play in this next season and like, would you start talking about like taking a qualifying offer? That's what I was just about to say. He's sixteen point four million for his qualifying offer, Ryan. And if he takes it, then he's unrestricted next year. But then, I, like, straight up, I think I just do it at this point. I, I would start thinking about it too, because if this Katie, like, if Katie ends up in Toronto, for example, like your market's really dried up then. Like, there's no one out there who can give you, like, a max deal. Um, So, yeah, I I think it's tough for DeAndre Ayton. But if, like, I were to get traded as DeAndre Ayton and, like, his side, I think I would want to be traded. My idea is, like, Detroit. Even though they take Jalen Duran. I said that right, right? Yep. you still need like a competent, like starting center. And I don't think Detroit necessarily has that yet, even though if you're really high on Duran being their long-term starting center, um, I think this, this type of trade could work for like Olenek and Isaiah Stewart and some picks. So Aiden ends up on Detroit, Olenek, Stewart, and the picks go to the Suns. Um, It's kind of an interesting idea. I mean, I don't, like if I'm eight and I would still be concerned about being traded later down the road, 
because yeah. I know I have a center who they just took with a t- lottery pick. So, I mean, maybe you don't feel as great as landing in Detroit, but maybe you can figure out a deal, like a sign-and-trade deal that keeps you there um, and at least gets gets the, the bag, Matt. Yeah, and it's almost kind of like with Durant in the way of, like, just get the money and then in a year figure it out. You right. Know? Or, you know, with countless other guys that have done this in the league, like, just get your money, get through the year, like, where you can't be traded. And then that's for a trade. Nothing wrong with that. Um, I mean, if you're, and if you're the Suns, like you get back Olenek and Stewart, who are starting caliber or at least rotation caliber, like front court players. Yeah. Which they're going to need if they lose Aiden. Um, so, yeah, like it's not bad. It's really not. Um, I, yeah, coming into the summer, you expected the market to be better than that. But I'll throw one out too. Um, I know San Antonio has been rumored for him just because they do have space like straight up but let's assume a sign and trade here and we can do a Jakob Pertle, Josh Richardson um Kata Bates chop and you know picks similar to yours and that you get a center in Pertle who can he can start Josh Richardson can be a you know a rotation player Bates chop I honestly think he could be a rotation player. You still get picks. Like again, I, he'd like to do better than that, but the math works, and that's going to be something that's just really hard to make work. Is the math here, Ryan? Like, I guess another one is like you could do an Aiton for Miles Turner straight up in Indiana. I mean, with picks included, but like. You can't, you literally cannot include any more contracts in that deal, really, without like screwing some stuff up. Like DeAndre Aiden's sign and trade thing is just so wonky. I, I don't know what to do. I think I might just sign the qualifying offer if I'm him. Like that really does seem like just basically the best option at this point. Yeah. And like if you're the Suds, that's kind of what you're hope, crossing your fingers for, right? Is like, it may get ugly, and you may have to. I don't, on the qualifying offer, can you get traded? I don't think anybody's done it, so do we know? Uh, yeah, I honestly couldn't tell you. Like, I like if it gets super ugly, you could trade them at the deadline, I guess. But like, yeah, you're, yeah. if you're the Suns, Probably like that may be cool. best case scenario at this point. Yeah, I, I think it's just so unprecedented for a number one pick, not to get locked up by his team. Like, yeah. This is such a weird situation. I don't, I don't really love what the Suns have done with this because it feels like if they just like take care of their guy, they, the championship window is like super open and maybe sure they, they're not talking about like a KD destination, but I don't know. Well, what they could have done is signed him to whatever this max, max-ish deal is going to be. Last year. Back last year. Just be on the books already. And then you're not having to deal with this sign-and-trade crap, which is what's keeping the math from working in almost every trade you try and do. Right. Like That's what's holding this up, is if they would have just done the deal initially with the intent of trading him this summer still, like they could do whatever they wanted and get whoever they want, you know? 
But yeah. that's why now we're having to throw out Miles Turner and Chris Duarte <laughs> for DeAndre Ayton and Dario Saric type deals. Like, it's the best we can do, literally now. So uh... that that's where Phoenix, like, I get saving money and, like, we don't know if we want to pay this guy $30 million a year, but, like, the business asset management side of this is what's been extremely screwed up. And that's something like James Jones just isn't going to probably really understand. Like yeah. Strength is going to be player personnel and picking guys out and be like, no, that guy can play. Like Cameron Johnson can play. We're taking him, you know, like that's where his strength is. Not this like finesse business maneuvering. Or maybe yeah. maybe this is just a server thing, but that's why this is now such a problem. I don't know. I'm back on the eight and should just take the qualifying. <laughs> that, yeah, I, that might just be the best option here, which just is crazy. F it up and just go for it. Um, I, if he can, he sign the qualifying at any point. Yeah, because they have to offer it to make him a restricted free agent. If they pull it, then that's when he becomes unrestricted. Would you can't pull it? If, if you're Aiden, would you just sign that thing now and just totally screw the Suns over with the Durant piece and just say, like, double birds to you, like, you didn't take care of me, I'm going to sign this, and I'm also not signing with you next offseason? Yeah, like I'm, and he can go anywhere, unrestricted, yeah. That's, again, that's where I'd be at this point with, with him. Um, all right, last one, Ryan. We're going to go back east. To a guy that I have no idea why he's on the trade block. But he is. And that's John Collins. Because John Collins is good. John Collins is really good. So, Ryan, it, again, any idea what Atlanta is doing here? Like, you're mortgaging the future for DeJounte Murray. Because you want to win now. And you know your tax bill is about to be massive once he gets his new deal and yet we're trading John Collins on a reasonable contract and he's good. And he plays a position that you have no one else that can play the position at maybe Deandre Hunter, I guess, but like, what are we doing, Ryan? Why are we trading John Collins in these fake trades? I don't, I said it last podcast. I'll say it again and I'll say it, I guess, until John Collins gets traded. Why are you in such a rush as Atlanta to just be like, yeah, here's Here's a really good basketball player, a really competent basketball player. Like, if I'm any other GM in the league, why aren't you calling the Atlanta Hawks every other day trying to get this guy? Like, am I missing something with John Collins? Like, it, he's he's been one of the most vocal about the, like, hey, Trey Young should actually pass the ball, right? And, like, he got, like, come push back from the locker room and from coaching staff and we're all like we all watch the Atlanta and Hawks right. and say the same thing yeah John Collins Atlanta doesn't deserve John Collins I'm just gonna say that they don't deserve him like, <laughs> it's kind of the same thing as not the exact same but like in the vein of like the Aiton deal like why are we not just taking care of this guy right like, you're, you got him on, honestly, a good contract. Like Again, mid to low 20s, similar to the Julius Randle deal. You Honestly, it's probably better than Julius Randle. Like, oh, yeah. I would rather have John Collins than Julius Randle 10 times out of 10. Yeah. So he's good. He's still pretty young. He's on a good deal. He like 
honestly is pretty complimentary for like what you have and like he he does something that no one else on the team can do he's at worst average defensively i think so why are you trading him like i i really this almost feels political more than anything like he he doesn't have the namesake he doesn't have like the pedigree he you know he's just he's kind of viewed as a guy and if you're like Memphis way better than that and you just lost Kyle Anderson why wouldn't you be calling about John Collins like he would be a perfect fit in Memphis right kind of reroute Steven Adams somewhere and some something like that like it just like take advantage of them right now and this is what confuses me Ryan because he's pretty openly been on the trademark for like Atlanta. yeah for like the last two trade deadlines yeah but a deal hasn't got done so is Atlanta it's like speaking out two sides of their mouth being like we don't want him but how dare you bring us a crappy offer for him? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's exactly what it is. It, you want two first round picks, a swap, and a decent player for John Collins? You don't even want John Collins. Like, right. why do you want us to, like, you know, break fix, the bank for him? Right. Fix your problem. Like, whatever your relational problem is with him, like, I'm not fixing your problem. Yeah, it's like the yeah, whole Houston marketing him. Yeah. It'd it, be an asset. It's like a, it's like the Eric Gordon Houston thing, where like Houston's just refused to trade Eric Gordon, and teams were offering like two first round picks for Eric Gordon. It's like, when are you gonna get that offer again? It's very confusing. It, it's very confusing because, I again, he can be a good third option on a playoff team. Like I really do think so, and he may not get traded to a playoff team. To be honest just because some of those teams just don't have stuff to offer. But, like, that's where he can be at. So I'll go first in my trade. If I'm Atlanta, I might get on the phone with Washington. And let's just – because Atlanta wants to be competitive, obviously. They made the DeJounte Murray trade. Can we do some sort of Kuzma, Denny Avdia, Corey Kispert, like that package kind of makes the money work. So you almost wish Kuzma's paid more. Like, cause he, he's a good player also. Um, yeah. So you want to throw in Kispert, but like something like that, like at Washington, be like, we're not giving you picks, but we'll give you two guys how, who we like have recently drafted in the lottery with Avdia and Kispert. We'll also give you Kuzma, who like is who's good. good. Like, yeah. He is. He would also kind of fill that four spot that they need. And Avdia and Kispert are like good size players on the wing. Good ball movement. Can, will at least attempt to play defense, which not many other guys on the Hawks do. To me, this makes sense. And if you're Washington, you're like, okay, now we got Brad Beal, who says we're winning a title at some point. I don't know when. <laughs> Maybe on 2K. Um like, I think Brad Beal would like that, getting John Collins. Maybe this is a way to, like, not just get him to sign the massive contract, but also maybe to stay. I honestly don't know if you want him to stay at this point once it's hitting those massive numbers at the end of the contract, but okay. <laughs> I, I think this is reasonable. Yeah. 
So yeah. I, 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 I like that idea. Um, it's just, again, like it goes back to the point and this isn't like anything at you, Matt, but like, it's more Atlanta, like, okay, you're getting Kuzma back in that deal. Like, you kind of have a Kyle Kuzma on your team already named John Collins, so... (laughs) (laughs) Ryan, again, when you're talking about software, don't put too much thought into this, Ryan. There's none to be had here. I just can't be talking about this at all. Yeah, I I, I was joking around with you. It was like, when... Like, your question to me, like, what's my trade thought? Is like, I'm not even picking up the phone. Like, I get a call about... Like John Collins trade. It's like unless you're giving me like Kevin Durant, yeah, I'm hanging up the phone. Like I, I like John Collins a lot. And so, yeah. anyways, um, my my idea is if like Utah's really bottoming out or like you know already traded Donovan Mitchell, they got their big package for Donovan Mitchell, um, and this is kind of trading off the rest of the pieces from that core. So it would be John Collins and Jalen Johnson just as like some salary yeah. filler to Utah for Bogdan or Bogdanovich and yeah. Jordan Clarkson just kind so of as Bogdanovich's. Yeah. Edmonton. Yeah. And that that's kind of just the fun piece about this trade is that it's Bogdanovich squared and you get like your heat check guy that you had with like Lou, Lou will um, yeah. and Jordan Clarkson um, and kind of works as like a, a six man. Um, so like for Atlanta, this is like still a win now move. And for Utah, you're getting back John Collins, who you're probably not building around long term. Could be a nice trade asset down down the road for you. Even if you don't trade Mitchell, though, maybe Collins bringing him in would be like a sign to Mitchell. Like, look, we're, we aren't blowing it up. We really are, like, trying to go back to the playoffs. Maybe not this year, but next year. And that's the kind of other thought is, like, if you're not – if you're Utah and kind of, you know – doing a soft rebuild like John Collins is a good player to pair next to Donovan yeah. Mitchell with is very complimentary of a guard. Um, You're not really giving up that much either. Right. And like maybe some picks have to go one way or another in this deal. But like the idea is that Atlanta's still winning and getting winning players back. Um, and, and Utah is kind of getting that one player who may or not may not be really good with Donovan Mitchell um, if he's still around. Um, And maybe you can take that team into, you know, the all-star break trade deadline time frame and kind of just see where you're at. And if you're in playoff contention, you just let the season play out and then trade those guys later in next off season. And if you're not really in playoff contention, then you can deal both guys and kind of go about your way and bottoming out for a top pick in the 2023 draft. All those, at least avenues, would be available to Utah then. Right. Like Bogdanovich and Clarkson, like, aren't really doing much for you, at least in some of those ways. So Right. Like, they kind of acquired, like, a Jordan Clarkson with, like, Malik Beasley and the Mm -hmm. Gobert trade. So that's kind of weird now. Well, that's the thing with all those guys they acquired. They can kind of make this type of deal. Effectively a two-for-one type deal. We're not really counting Jalen Johnson in this, but... Yeah, you can do that right now in Utah because you brought in all these players, the Beverly's and, like you said, Malik Beasley and Walker Kessler and everyone from Minnesota. So, no, I like this idea. So that wraps up the fake trades for today, Ryan. Any any last thoughts to get off your chest here? Yeah. Don't trade John Collins. 
that's my message to Atlanta. I'm gonna get. I need, do I need to get on a Twitter account and tweet this at Atlanta, like the Hawks fan uh, official Twitter account? Peach tree uh, hoops. Peach tree hoops. Yeah. Um, I, the, on a ser- more serious note, Matt, like this Durant thing. If you had to place a bet on it, where is he playing next season, and why is it still Brooklyn? I think that's something. And yeah, we didn't really touch on it. I, he might still. They, I mean, it. We basically saw them have the, you know, staring contest with Philly already about the Ben Simmons James Harden thing. They're like, that worked out all right. Let's just do it again. You know, <laughs> just we're gonna wait. We're gonna wait. And we're gonna wait. And you know, I think in their mind, like if Durant or Irving were like sitting out like in protest their view is like well they're gonna be the bad guys then not us right you know because we still in large could have a pretty good team here and like if they don't want to play like that's them we want them here yeah it's just such a weird situation I don't like this kind of unprecedented in terms of like this type of caliber guy asking for a trade on this long term of contract mm-hmm. and it nothing really happening very quickly. Um, yeah. Like the market seems pretty dry for him. And I think that's a lot to do with like a few teams have a lot of the picks um, and, you know, and mm-hmm. a lot of the contending teams have just spent their one more, one more guy type of deal. Yeah. And, Over and the last, like two or three years. Yeah. And that's what makes it tough. And I don't, I don't know. It's just an interesting thing. The Irving piece, Matt. Boy, oh boy. I, like, I don't even care anymore. It's like, just, I don't like there. I saw pictures of him at summer league and it's like, okay, that's fine. Like, are you going to play like, LA sparks game? Like in their chain, like we want Kyrie. Yeah. He's just, I don't know. Like again, he burned the bridges in Boston. He's burned them everywhere he's gone now. Like, I, I don't care if he ends up where he wants to be. I don't care if he makes his money. I, he's just like, I don't know. He's just kind of like that one weird uncle or coworker you have that, like, you know, they're good at their job. Yeah. But you, you don't want to work with them. <laughs> you don't want to like have to admit you're related to them. Like, right. Not that they're not a good person or good at their job. They just, Ugh, Ryan, this is where I'm at. That that's yeah. That's the sound. It's just, Ugh, gosh, he's yeah. good at basketball. I know he's that. Really good at basketball, Matt. And if that's only the... that's what the NBA was. But that's why we have a podcast because it's not <laughs> right, right, right. And yeah, it's just it's gonna be fascinating. I don't know. I mean. I don't know when this both these shoes are going to drop and there's going to be a bunch of dominoes that fall after that. So it's going to be really fascinating to see what the NBA does. And it's as of today, July 10th, if you had to set a date for this all to clear itself out, is it after August 1st? That's what I'm thinking at this point. The Nets don't, they're not going to rush this. Either, they're, yeah, they're going to force them to play or they're going to force them to be the ones that choose to sit out and make them the bad guy about it. And, like, if you're Brooklyn, 
start leaking some of the trade offers you got that are just like outrageously bad. Yeah. And be like, you guys can sit out all you want. We're not trading you for Colin Sexton, Lauren, Lloyd Marketing, <laughs> and Jared Allen. Yeah, like we're not doing that deal. We're not trading you for John Collins and Clint Capella. <laughs> you know, like and just be like that, you know? Right. And say you're gonna play here until we find a good deal, and then we will trade you. But not until then. Like I don't know. I almost feel like a Jimmy Butler 12 games and gets traded type thing. So you're saying more October, November. That's trade. almost where I'm at, Ryan. Oh, I'm wow. not going to be, you know, Twitter tracking the private jets anytime soon. That's the thing. It's it's uh, not a lot of not a lot of room on on these teams in terms of cap space. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be fascinating to monitor, watch. Um, I feel like something might come out of summer league, but uh, you just got to have those Woj, Woj and Sam, uh, Shams uh, tweet notifications on. Got to be prepared this time of year, Matt. Um, but this is a fun podcast. Um, we will definitely be back for episode 145. Maybe it'll be a Kevin Durant emergency so. pod. Maybe it won't. We'll see. But we'll be back. Then. Yeah.